It's the AA Show, an accommodatingly avoided show, man, for September 6, 2023. How's it going? How goes it? How was your Labor Day weekend? Uh, as a laborer, I had to work, but that's okay. Because, uh, you know what, that's the kind of guy I am. You know, I lead by example. And then uh, I would not ask people to do things that I wouldn't do myself. Which is what the great old wrestling executive Vince McMahon once said. is like, goddamn, pal. And then, like, he wouldn't jump off the fucking thing. Jumping off things if he wouldn't do it. So he thought it himself and demonstrated to, you know, Rob Gronkowski the one time when Gronk was, like, having a second thought about jumping off of one of the scaffoldings or something, which wasn't that high, but, you know, he has never done it. He's a tight end, not a wrestler, right? But anyways, Vince McMahon, other than that, is a, you know, non-consensual sexual harasser, allegedly, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I wasn't going to record this week to week. I wanted to do a greatest compilation episode of things, but... Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. The reason that I referenced Vince, Vinnie Mac over here is uh, the topic related to this was, uh, you know, stemming from that, the All Elite Wrestling and the CM Punk situation. And then you hear all of my uh, wrestling references and then how that has become a relative case to whether you're everyday life or business, handling conflicts, you know, that kind of stuff. So uh, I wanted to talk about that. So I'm not going to go into the whole background story, which will probably require an hour or two, depends on the depth of the details you go into, with a lot of qualifiers, which are like hearsay and rumors with nothing official, you know, which is what happens. So I will just talk about basically the business side of it and then the results of it and then the management of it, which is the AA this episode, which is accommodating and avoidant. If you heard those two words before, because you probably heard those from a very common conflict management style, uh, you know, slash leadership style lessons that you might have heard at your workplace. So why did I bring this up? So as of this past Saturday, just before the Labor Day weekend kicked off, which was one of the biggest weekends for the one of the wrestling brands, not WWE, but AEW, where they had the event, the annual event called the All Out uh, in Chicago, where home of one of their biggest stars, CM Punk, Phil Books, is from. Uh, he got fired, essentially. Uh, on Saturday when AEW decided to release a press release a couple hours before the Saturday show started, which was, uh, hey, AEW has terminated the contract of Phil Brooks, uh, also known as CM Punk, uh, with cause, which means motherfucker got fired (laughs) for a reason. Um, But, you know, a week before, there was a huge show in Wembley Stadium, which they sold over 81,000 paid tickets. Uh, They say we'll see the turn-style count in a few months, in the coming months, but they had the biggest show, and then CM Punk got into a fight uh, with one of the performers, Jack Perry. Yes, he is Luke Perry's son, rest in peace, uh, in a backstage just before the pay-per-view show started. Now, this became a cause for firing, but what preceded this over the course of last year exactly, or exactly a year since this thing came, you know, his firing happened, and what precipitated before that, I think it goes back about 18 months or so at this point. Um, with that, if you want to go into the whole history of it, what has happened, I think John Pollock did a great, uh, on post-wrestling, did a great summary called The Last Day and CM Punk's Exit from AEW. I highly recommend you reading it. Um, but a lot of it, I will say, you know, quick thoughts on here. So, number one, just on the punk side of things, I want to talk about the leader, Tony Khan, over here in a second. I think the firing at this point, it was inevitable and it had to be done. Uh, I, I understand where this guy comes from, 
seeing him. And then I recorded about him when he had the UFC fight, God, seven years ago at this point. The CM Punk story and all that stuff, you know, I think it was like one of the early episodes, like seven and a half, eight and a half or something. Um, but the guy, the guy needs to talk through, you know, get some, I would say, uh, get a fucking shrink and get some anger management help for sure. Now, his anger in certain parts, I think are completely understandable because what essentially happened leading up to a scuffle in the backstage, which is like not unheard of in the places like professional wrestling, bunch of Neanderthal kids running around doing shit, you know, it's no different from any other sports locker room where like, dude, this, this is a professional setting, but you know, it's, you're, you're living the kid's dream, you know, making big money. Is a big entertainment. And then if you hear other drama that happens in any size of entertainment, you know, you heard the Desperate Housewives back a long time ago. And then, like, you hear about the glee between, you know, Vanessa, you know, and all those things. You just, like, you just hear all those things. And then what happens in the backstage, all those TMZ and then the just Jared and all those, like, Perez Hilton, you see all those gossips. And then, like, what happened here aren't exactly that, Different, I would say, even Sex in the City between Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker. You hear all these things everywhere. Not everyone gets along just because you look like you get along on the screen or like you sell the simulated conflict. But there is an actual conflict that drives the storyline, which makes the medium of professional wrestling entertaining. That said, uh, the fact that he blew up this level this often in the course of last just 12 months which basically, to me, stems from multiple micro microaggressions in perceived punk's view that has never been squashed or resolved at a proper procedure in a managerial manner to a point that, like, every microaggression is responded with a meta explosion and a mega response from punk at every single thing. And people say, oh, punk's so sensitive, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't know how to control his rage. Dude... You know, he hasn't told his side of the story. I'm sure he will. I, everybody expects him to, given his nature and the history of it. But if I, if I, I, I like, this is inevitable. And some people go, this should have been resolved a year. This should have been addressed and fired his ass a year ago. It's like, no, you just, no, 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 no. If you follow the breadcrumbs of all the rumors that has happened and then see what Punk had to deal with, especially even just the last three months with this new show Collision starting, which is just over two months old now at this point. I went to one of the Collision tapings, and I thought I was going to go in October. But I just go like, you know what? I don't understand how, you know, this is like, Punk is the opposite of the leader Tony Khan, which is, Punk is confrontational type in the competing. But I guess that's in the nature of a very competitive professional wrestler, you know, that is. And Hulk Hogan did this shit. You know, Macho Man had his own thing in the backstage. WCW with all the drama with, like, Kevin Nash, NW, all those guys. Rick, you know, Ric Flair tried to muscle his politics when he wanted to, but not really. This, this is like, a, like this is the industry of professional wrestling and any, any kind of entertainment business. That said, these things never sipped out in, in the public, basically giving you a free lesson on the human resources lesson in such a public eye, in just over 12 months, which to me is like, regardless if you're a wrestling fan or not, this is the greatest HR story told <laughs> in front of your own eyes and see how not 
to handle a worker conflict and rumors and innuendos and whatsoever. But I think he had to go. I think he did blurt it out after he got into a scuffle in London. He said, I fucking quit or something along that line after he has had it. Because obviously coming into London, he was pissed off and awfully volatile and sensitive. Because, you know, I'm sure we're going to hear the story, which is like, one, uh, whatever the conflict, the, the, the parties that he had beef with, he wanted to squash it before coming to London and Atlanta leading up to this trip. Apparently, this meeting got canceled before coming to London two weeks ago. Then, when he landed in London, other people, including the people that he has beef with, the executive vice presidents, the Young Bucks, who had their ride arranged to pick up from the Heathrow Airport and go to the arena, blah, blah, blah. Punk did not get that accommodation. But that said, I'm sure the reply will be, well, the, their EVPs, their executives. Uh, and then travel was a mess. And then he was the only one who was having this issue coming from the airport and going to the airport, etc. So he was just pissed off. And then, like, he, apparently the, the rumor is that the people who arranged the travel in the company at AEW are, you know, Young Bucks buddies, the fanboys, basically, just gaga overing them and then saying, punk, punk, man. And then that, but I'm sure that's not what happened, but that's how he's going to perceive it, given the volatility of the situation. So there's that. Um, but the guy is convicted and idealistic, and I think he has pointed a lot of organizational cultural flaws and the product maturity that's not there as a fan. And I gave that feedback as a fan to their ringleader survey last year. I said, this company is about four years old now. And the product, while it has advanced, has not advanced to a level that I expected where I feel that it's stale. So people like Punk come in and be like, it should go towards this way to grow to the next level. And then he has proven that his formula with whatever his own show on a Saturday, because they have a Wednesday, Friday, Saturday show. Saturday show apparently was created just specifically for punk and other kids that were suspended in that, in that company. So it's like a, it's like a fucking, I think, uh, you know, one of the podcasts on the post-wrestling also said, it's like a, it's like a um, detention room <laughs> Saturday. And they did that. Um, but the fact that a lot of the other veterans who have come out in favor of what punk is saying, such as Mark Henry, Billy Gunn, Jim Ross, the big names you might have heard of, from back in two, you know, two decades ago, three decades ago at this point, in the two and a half decades ago during the Attitude Era, those people said, look, he has a point, which is these kids are immature, they just want to be coddled, and then there's a lot of loose gun cannon situation because of the youthful ignorance that needs to be addressed, which Punk is pointing out and actively speaking up on. And we got to fix this. We need, we need to kind of grow up here. And the fact that this many veterans pointed that out, you know, kind of backhandedly, indirectly, but also saying punk is a star, that's why he's a star, because the old-timers understand that they dealt with worse kinds of these kind of people back in the days in 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's not a good thing to sustain, obviously not. But I think punk was also coming from a place where, like, look, I want to do better than what has come before me, but these are the good things that we want to take from the past and take the learnings from, which a lot of the young kids at AEW has not seemed to agree or like taken the advice to do so. And then he vented that out in 2022, all out media scrum. I'm going to leave the link. It's probably the greatest shredding of the people that he has done. But that said, I just go, I'll, I will say to Punk, look, 
You can't go out there and tell people the Young Bucks, the so-called executive vice president, cannot manage a fucking Target store, but then, like, get into a fucking fight like he does, which does not happen at a Target either. And yeah, and then, like, it's like a backstage warehouse fucking scenario that's happening. I get it. You can't fucking do that over and over. And then I think he tried to walk. I'm sure we'll, side, we'll hear his side of the story, which I am not going to be surprised one bit, to be honest, or whatever comes out at this point, given how publicly a lot of the rumors and innuendos and people taking that interpretations of it in the wrestling media, so-called dirt sheets. I hate that term. Um, and then just people read it and take it literally and take the business into their own hands to resolve a conflict. Which brings me to Tony Khan. Um, this has precipitated over four years at this point, especially over the last 18 months. What come, I think what I'm coming around to is like, he's not a confrontational macho type. Some internet comments are going, oh, Tony's a beta male. I'm like, dude, cut the crap. Like, he's a Nepo baby. His dad, Shot Khan, made money. Yes, yes, he is very fortunate. He understands it. I think he's in a place where, like, I'm really fortunate that, like, I love this business and then blah, 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 do all that stuff. But then he's not a confrontational type. He's not, a, he's not the competing type. Rather, which in, in the industry like entertainment and professional wrestling, it's going to be, especially from the old timers, it's going to be perceived as weak. But that's not the point. What Tony... I'm sure he has been told this while he's running Fulham, Jacksonville Jaguars, and all those, and this, which is, play into your strengths, Tony. Not everybody's an extrovert. Not everybody's a confrontational type, where you, need, you can pivot your avoidant type or accommodating type into your strength, uh, just as confrontational people need to moderate how they manage that leadership and the management style. What has not gone right Outside looking in and looking at the product holistically, I've been watching this closely over four years because I look at AEW as a startup and I've been very excited and I bought every pay-per-view. I filled out every survey. I go to every event locally possible. And what I'm realizing is that it's not growing at the level that I was thinking. But Tony's going to sell you. I was watching the media scrum also. It's just like he's a hype man. He just keeps selling, selling, selling. And I just go like, Tony, Tony, when you started this company, you promised that this would be transparent honest and whatnot none of that has really happened over the last two years to a point where i looked at one of their podcasts the aew unrestricted and i go this is damn restricted this is just a fluff piece and sometimes that's needed it is needed but you can't come out and say like i'm going to be transparent and honest and do all that and none of that has happened and never really own up to it and say this is much harder and then nick hausman asked a great question uh saturday night early Sunday morning at this point, which was like, hey, have you learned any lesson from the CM Punk situation given what has happened? Oh, Sunday night, Monday morning. And then he just avoided that question. And then I know he's an avoidant type. And then he just pivots into his talking points, which I think a lot of the journalists are also frustrated going like, what's the point of going to this scrum if you're not going to like answer the fucking question? And I hope... I, I'm sure internally he, he will acknowledge and admit. I wish he would do that more upfront with his fans because this is, and then some of you will go, it's a private business, it's none of your fucking matter. But it's a public facing business where this AEW company was built based on public faith, the fandom, and the will, and based on that passion. 
from more high-income earners, which is completely different from what it was three decades ago, where I'm their core audience. I'm the one there. Somebody like Tony's and all the wrestlers at Young Bucks, and they rely on me to keep spending the money and then keep that passion and fervor going since the 2015, 2016 or so when this like reboom, you know, kind of began. And then as a business person, now that I'm older too, watching this, I just go, I get what's been happening over here. And I think Tony's type is like he's trying to be accommodating, especially to the young bucks and the elite, who I'm also a huge fan of. I'm both fa- I'm a fan on both sides, but I also really see the like pretty obvious point, which is like whenever these rumors come out, Punk did this, Punk did that, he was being a diva, he's being a little bitch, he's b- unprofessional. But I never heard at no point in any of these rumor mills that come out through the wrestling media where I go, they, on the, say, the elite, the, the Young Buck side, the party that Punk has had a big problem with, come out and say, we try to make this right. Instead, it's all Punk side just keep going. I try to make this right. The other side don't want to deal with it. They're not obligated to, but at some point I just go, look, you got to be honest here. If one side is really the only one like trying to like resolve between each other, because Punk basically took the matter into his own hands and tried to handle some of these things, including the people who seem to be speaking up on behalf, like, like there are a lot of like tertiary people, like third parties here who should not be speaking up. Kind of like, in my view, Nick Nemeth, Jack Perry, all these people who are not elite, who are just performers. But then took, went, to, went business for themselves to a point where Punk decided to confront them. And I just go like, Punk shouldn't have done that. But at the same time, what, I, just go like, I, I just go, what the fuck? Why are these people feeling such a freedom and like this kind of anarchy to feel that, oh, in the name of a fucking like, personal freedom of creative to like just, just be fucking mean. <laughs> Not just mean, but like be so detrimental to the business. Because I think that's what John Pollock pointed out. It's like, look, everybody's at fault here, but the fact that they created this environment where everybody feels it's a free-for-all to, for sake of creating a real-life conflict to drive a business, but a lot of these real-life conflicts do not translate it into a wrestling storyline whatsoever. So what the fuck is the point? And I think Tony took this inspiration, unfortunately, from UFC and Dana White, where they, you know, it's a combat sport. We want to drive this, like, personal conflict into a storyline where people want to come see what the fruition of it and then the outcome of it. That is a beauty of the combat sports, whether it's boxing, professional wrestling, MMA, so forth. But where I think Tony lost his way, where it has become evident, is like, dude, cut. he needs to come in and draw the line. Doesn't have to be like my style or punk style or some of the old timer style going like, cut the shit, like Vince McMahon style, go in there and do it. But like, he didn't, he tried to put some executives in earlier this year, whether it's Tony Schiavone and all these other guys. It hasn't worked because I think egos are so big between these wrestlers. So I'm sure their response is like, who the fuck is you to tell me what to do? I'm a bigger star. I know more than you. I'm sure that's where like this, this schism and then like lack of respect between each other really has been created. And on, on the flip side, people who have not done it, the young timers, I call them, not the old timers, 
who feel like they have succeeded getting this far, happy to get paycheck, which many people outside the AEW who has come on as like a one-time deal to try to figure out what the locker room is like before they were signed or not signed, explain that like, look, a lot of these people are just happy getting checks and Tony is getting taken advantage of. And these people are just running ha- like on their own. And especially from the people who have not been in this business so long, which is a fair point, and I'm sure they understand that many of the veterans like Billy Gunn, Mark Henry, even Madison Rain from a female standpoint, like Jim Ross, they all pointed this shit out. They've been in this business for three, four decades. Any kind of professional environment, these are the kind of leaders that you put and say, you're the veterans, go. Dustin Rhodes even. They're not coaches and stuff they put in. They call them coaches and producers, right? But clearly, the veterans that they have put in have not got a good handle on the situation. And some of the, some of the podcasters go out there and say, like, they, Tony needs a heater. Like a fucking... <laughs> One that would handle the bullshit and the ego of someone at the level of CM Punk or the elite, whoever. This is why, but then these heaters and then some of the veterans who had had the opportunity to become also an executive vice president, they did not take it. Such as Chris Jericho. It's like, fuck no, I'm not doing it. Sting, no, fuck no, I'm not doing it. Like, this is a headache. It's a, people hate people managing. It's not easy. <laughs> So, do you need a confrontational, like, competing heater to do this job? Uh, I think they need to consider that, given how severe it went, and one person had to go. And unfortunately, this is going to be reflected in their business numbers, to TV ratings, demographic numbers. It's definitely going to hit for Saturday more than it was anticipated to be. And then someone like me as a cut consumer, I'm at a point I'm going like, I don't want to go to Collision in Toledo. What the fuck is a point? And then I also got pretty jaded following this story very closely to a point where I go, this is a company that like told me to believe in and we are the alternative to WWE, the corporate Disney shit that they're doing. And then, like, this is what the best that can give me after four years? I bought every single pay-per-view on Bleacher Report when it was BR Live. And they haven't figured this out. They haven't figured that out. And then Warner Brothers Discovery have been awfully accommodating, and they love him, I guess. David Zaslav, all all the people. Pay your writers, by the way. Tony needs some, you know... Tony needs to be upfront with... their customers. I'm sure when he said punk, you know, I felt like my life was in danger, which is bullshit. I just go, that's a lawyer speak. And then also, this is like in the wrestling business, I think Scott Steiner and Hulk Hogan got into a conflict like seven years ago from something. And Scott Steiner yelled, he's like a abrasive type, like punk. But then Hogan filed a police charge going, oh, Scott made a terroristic threat against my then wife and him. And then Scott Steiner said, terroristic? My fucking my ass, I'm not Al-Qaeda. Which is the most hilarious line, but it was a legal cover. And I just go, ah. You know, Tony doesn't have to talk about the punk situation, but as a business leader, as a four-year anniversary of Dynamite is coming up, fifth, going into the sixth year next year, I think he owes the fans the explanation as to what has happened. And I think, like, going through the journalists like Dave Meltzer... Who I enjoy listening, but lately when I saw the report the Friday, the narrative changed where they said, oh, Punk 
quote-unquote lunged at Tony Khan, and then Meltzer clarified it saying, oh, lunging is an understatement. And then I go, okay, Dave, 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 love you, buddy, but what does, what, what is the properly toned version of lunging den from what you have heard? And then he said his source was third party, not a wrestler, neither in the party of Young Bucks or CM Punk. And I just go, so your source is basically Tony Khan then, or someone in legal over there. Then tell me what it is. Call the spades a spades. I'm, I hope, I'm sure the, the response was off the record. If I'm going to give Dave the benefit of the doubt, which is like, lunging at is an understatement, according to this person. It's pretty undertoned. Okay, then what is a properly toned side of it? Because Punk's going to come out and give his like overtone version of it. Because we saw this happen where Punk will be like, I had a tennis size ball, tennis ball size like lump in my back. And in the court, you know, when WWE Doctor Who was like filing defamation against Punk about this, when he said it publicly, it was like, no, it was a golf, golf ball size, which is pretty, size, pretty big. But there's a difference between golf ball size versus a tennis ball size. And then this is a usual wrestler conflation, inflation that they put it into, the, conflating the story a little bit. So, you know, Tony, avoidant type. Punk, confrontational type. But the greatest weakness on either of those types when it comes to leadership and management that I learned is that, you know, I'm learning this way. I'm not a master of this. The one thing that they forget to be, they continue to be or, you know, not do in these two types is like really a reflection of themselves, which I think John in a way on the post-wrestling pointed out. It's like, this is a fault of all parties and everyone should look at themselves and learn, take the lessons. And I go, learn fast, I would say, at this point, given how long this has been going, over 18 months. And also, avoidant types are really avoidant towards looking at themselves in a mirror. Confrontational types do not want to confront themselves, which in turn is avoidant. So, punk... Tony Khan, I'm sure the Young Bucks also, and rest of these EVPs. I, other than this is the most difficult time of my life, like, I'm sure legal way to skirt around it without talking about the conflict and what has happened, because there was a fisticuff a year ago also that has happened. Without talking about that, learn how to do business speak to talk about the lessons you have learned in your lives. These are basic shit. And if you signed up to be an EVP, you should act like an EVP, an executive. And I think that's one thing that Tony should have done, which is like down, you know, demote them a little bit while keeping the pay. That's an option. You can't be an executive and hanging on to this shit. Like, you either be a performer, this is your way out, while you keep your pay. How about that? I wish they did that, but they didn't do that, it seemed like. For whatever reason, ego, title, but none of y'all know how to be a fucking executive in this company. A lot of the old-timers pointed it out. Punk, believe it or not, took the matters into his own hands because he felt the freedom to do so with the enablement of Warner Brothers Discovery a little bit. But he's a business. And this is no different from, like, say, somebody like Tony Stark's character with Robert Downey Jr., you know, being able to wheel $50 million and saying, I'm out. Because he earned it. Same as Kevin Costner in Yellowstone. He's earned it. 
And then Kevin Costner held up the entire Yellowstone season five, part two, and then now he's probably not going to come back going through those divorce proceedings. It's no different from any other entertainment industry. It's just that the executives are clearly immature and still learning, but also haven't been pretty honest with the fans, which I'm pretty mad about because I'm at a point where like, all right, if you're going to beat around the bush like this, I'm, I'm going to pare back my spending. And I'm sure I'm not the only one because I'm not one of these tribal fans that just like do this. And then I, I see both sides. But like my money, I, I really thought about pulling until I saw a couple other leaders in that company, so-called leaders like Brian Danielson talking a press conference and be like, okay, there's some cooler heads over here that could, you know, help, you know, make me still spend money. But anyways, I'll share some articles on the backstory of it, but pretty terrible management and pretty terrible communication internally and externally, that is detrimental to the business, which is very troubling. And I think this is also the last point I'll make. Please cut the toxic positivity and try to keep avoiding and being honest with yourselves. That is just... It's not just a toxicity. It's just like, why can't you just look at the good things? And I'm like, no. There's no perfect company with a perfect business and a perfect organization. You got to admit that. And a company that's able to admit it up front and address it and confront and not be anti-avoidant of it will make them grow much faster and then gain strength. And that's best for your business. And then there are a lot of researchers backing this up as to like being, how, how being avoidant is more costly to your business also, just as being like combative environment is like bad for your business. You gotta balance it. So that's my message to you, Tony Khan. And then I'm sure you thought about it. You can't speak publicly through it, but holy crap, man. You have smart fans like out there. You have very high earning income fans. You know this, you know your demographics who are fed up with this shit. So please address it. And then Go from there. I'll still watch, but I'm going to watch it more cautiously going forward. Anyways, thanks for listening. Jesus, I talked more than I anticipated for an episode. That was going to be a compilation episode. But anyways, thanks for listening. Email me at aa-oilalook.com. And then uh, we'll see what happens. If Punk comes out with his statement, which we fully anticipate that he will, we'll wait and see. Peace out.